0: Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast, kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners.
1: Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 166 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison. You are in the right place for proven practical tips and advice on growing your membership Business. Today I've got a fantastic episode lined up for you. I'm speaking to a very good friend of mine, Amy Woods from Content 10X. And we're talking all about content repurposing. Now, most of the memberships that we deal with involve some form of content, whether it's workshops, tutorials, downloadables, courses and what have you. And quite a lot of those are also using content marketing in order to grow their brand, expand their reach and attract new members. So that's a lot of content. But what most people do when they're creating content is they write that blog post, record that video, get that podcast recorded, and then they move on to the next thing. Leaving so much untapped potential in that topic, in that piece of content. And so repurposing is something that is becoming more and more important as a way of extracting more value out of the work that you're doing. Because we all know there's so much work involved in running a membership, marketing that membership. So you want to make sure that the work you are doing is paying off in the biggest way possible. So repurposing should absolutely be something that you consider doing. So, Amy joined me to talk all about how to really get the best from content repurposing. And she does this for some of the biggest names in the online business space. And I was so thrilled to get her on the show to share some real practical tips and some sage advice on how you can really extract the full value. ...from the content that you're already creating through repurposing. So, with no further ado, let's jump right into my conversation with Amy Woods. My guest today is the world's foremost expert in content repurposing... ...who helps online creators grow their audience by maximising their return on every piece of content that they create... She's founder of Content 10X, an agency who provide content repurposing services to podcasters, video content creators, and bloggers, and she's the driving force behind a whole bunch of top online marketers and entrepreneurs. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show my good friend, Amy Woods. Amy, thanks for joining me on the show.
0: Mike, thank
1: you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It It's a very nice intro. Yeah, you know, you could like i'm expecting some sort of like commission for that i don't say nice <laughs> things just out the goodness of my heart it's awesome i have another like another english accent on the show like i, I kind of feel like i'm doing a service for for the uk in kind of exposing the wide variety of english accents i've had mark Asquith with his barnsley accent and chris Tucker with his cockney accent and now we've got another northern accent
0: yeah, I like the way you've got a lot of the Northerners on
1: as well, Mike. That's great. You find a exactly. Northern flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just gives people a reason to download the transcripts because, you know, my accent's bad enough. But, you know, we throw another one in there. No one can understand what we're saying. We get more transcript downloads. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, people be like, who, what
0: language was that last podcast episode
1: in? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. All right, so we're talking today all about Content repurposing, and it's, it's a topic that seems to be really, really hot right now. It's it's kind of one of those things everyone seems to be um, really kind of banging the drum about how important it is to repurpose and get maximum usage out of your content. But for someone who's not already doing it, maybe they hear about repurposing, and they're not totally clued in on what it is and why they should prioritize it. What is content repurposing? Why is it something content creators should be spending their time on?
0: Yeah, so, so basically when we talk about repurposing content, so it's about, it's not lame attempts to copy and paste the same thing into different places or, or just literally repost exactly the same content from one place to another. It's a lot more than that. So you already just mentioned it, but it's about getting the most value From every single piece of content that you create. So, your high value content, how can you get more and more value from that? And it's about being imaginative and creative with the content that you've already put out there, putting it in different formats. And really, it's about reaching more people, reaching people in different ways, and continuing to add value with your repurposed content. So, like I said, it's not just copy and paste, it's how can you add value? How can you reformat the message? So, when we, when we repurpose content, when we work with our clients, it's more about what was the original message and how did you originally communicate that hmm. and then how can we look at a way of communicating that message in, you know, different ways to add more impact and things like that. So really that's, you know, that it, it's important because not everybody consumes content in the same way. Not everyone listens to a podcast, not everybody watches video, not everybody likes to read. And so if you're not Repurposing your content, you're just missing out on reaching different people in different places. And you know, you can gain more authority, more credibility when you can show that you can make a point in different ways, in different formats. So, really, you know, that's what content repurposing is. It's not a kind of sloppy, lazy attempt to just you know repost. It's, yeah. it's so much more than that.
1: So yeah, it's not just taking one thing and then just chopping it up and adding nothing to it um it's it's going back to the problem you're trying to solve the question you're trying to answer the message you're trying to get across and finding ways of putting a different spin on it right
0: yeah exactly and i mean we talked about you know i mentioned it could be repurposing of a podcast or repurposing blogs videos but there's so much more so you know for example like well, you and I were a podcast movement and I did the Ignite talk. We're mm. going to be so doing so much repurposing of that. So, yeah.
1: um,
0: you know, I put a lot of time and effort into thinking of the idea of how to communicate um, you know my presentation and then we we put a lot of time into the slides and things like that so there's so much we're going to do there's so much social that we're going to create we're going to be doing some really fun things with video and like turn it into a comic book basically <laughs> and we're going to be doing we're going to be doing a lot so that's you know repurposing of a live talk but I think it's just you you owe it to your content and you owe it to your idea to so not just go on to the next idea without mm. thinking of all the different ways that you can first communicate you know that idea that you put lots of time and effort into
1: I think that you know you've used those two words there a couple of times in what you're saying time and effort and you know absolutely you see so many people especially in the membership space where a lot of content is being produced both on the free side and on the paid side like All that time and effort goes into creating something and then, okay, that blog article's done, that podcast's done, and the attention switches to the next thing. And all you've got out of it is one thing, one piece of content. And, you know, I I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned that talk at uh, Podcast Movement where, you know, I sat there, watched the talk, five-minute talk, great talk, but the slides were awesome Obviously, the 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 story and the message were great, and it would be a waste if that was the only format in which that was was ever shared. And I suppose that's, you know, what what you're helping people to avoid by driving wards repurposing is wasting that time and effort.
0: Yeah, like you, you owe it to your content. You owe it to the, the, the content to yeah. to do more with it, don't you? It would be such a shame if we just put that aside as that was that thing we once did and never did anything more with it. So you owe it to your content and you owe it to the time you've already invested to get more from it, basically.
1: Yeah, and to your audience as well. I think we yeah. assume that you know if we've got however many hundreds or thousands of people in our audience reading and consuming our stuff, I think people like to assume that someone who listens to your podcast also reads your blog and also watches your videos and follows you meticulously on social media. Like that's never, that's usually not the case, is it?
0: No, it's not the case. And even if somebody does, I mean, even if you do have somebody who will avidly listen to everything, read everything, watch everything, and then you're worried that if you're going to be repurposing content and somebody's going to start thinking, wait a minute, reading this blog post and a, they did a podcast episode on this topic. Are they going to get angry? Are they going to get annoyed? Or are they just going to see that you are consistent in your messaging and trying to reach people in different ways? You know, it just doesn't matter, does it? As long as you are consistent, as long as you're uh, making a point, maybe what we always say is to try and go the extra mile with repurpose content as well. So mm. come at things from a different angle, add a little bit of a spin, get a bit more edgy, a bit more sassy. So you know, you can always do more, but it's not about being, um, you know, trying to annoy people who do yeah. rapidly take your content on. They're not going to get annoyed, are they? So um, they shouldn't be worried about that.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, if somebody's read um, Harry Potter, they're not then going to be annoyed by the fact there's a movie in the cinemas that is then turned into a DVD and there's an audio book and there's a Blu-ray version and there's video games. Like, It's not going to annoy people that the same story is being told across multiple mediums. In fact, if you're a little bit of a geek, you will consume all of those different formats in which basically the same story is being told.
0: I know, exactly, you're not going to say the cheek of them and now there's a theme (laughs) park and now they're going to go and make some merchandise, how dare they, exactly. That's an example that I I often give when I talk about repurposing. It's like the repurposing of books into movies and um, comic books into TV series and things like that. It's just taking something great and exploring how great you can make the idea more, isn't it, basically?
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more than just promoting the content as well so you know well, uh, we do this ourselves if we put out a podcast episode of course you create all your social media graphics and maybe pop on to instagram stories if i remember um to tell people okay we've got an awesome new podcast episode out today and that's kind of it and I, I consider that that's kind of just basic promotion which i think most people are doing but the repurposing and the fact that it takes us so much further and it's not just about spreading the message about one piece of content around lots of different places. It's finding ways of creating additional content assets or additional assets from that core um, message.
0: Yeah. And I think there can be some overlap with promoting. So say, you mentioned about when you have a podcast and you might create some quote graphics and, like you said, go live on Insta Stories and just basically promote because what you want to do is signpost people over to that podcast episode. So there's, I guess, there's a bit of a crossover. But even if you create a, uh, a quote graphic to go out on Instagram or Facebook and it's a really um, impactful quote from a podcast episode, even if. You don't succeed in um, driving people over to listen to that podcast episode for whatever reason. And the only thing that they see is that quote. If it's a really good and of powerful quote and they got something from it, then at least you are adding value yeah. um, as well with, with that kind of repurposing. But I completely agree. There's the repurposing that is more promotion and signpost to a piece of content. And then there's a repurposing where it could completely stand alone, the repurposed piece of content. It's not actually cross referring back to the original. So, for example, when you do a solo podcast episode and you could write a completely standalone blog post that doesn't need to refer at any point that it's even you know originally came from a podcast episode you yeah. could get that blog post onto linkedin or onto medium or you know or, or post it onto other sites publications and things like that that just stands alone so that's that's repurposing when it's not promotional at all it's completely new valuable content that stands alone and can you know maybe even go on to have more impact than the original piece of content
1: yeah yeah yeah, would you say or, or do you tend to recommend it being better to repurpose in that way when it comes to creating um spin-off content? Is it better to do that at the time you're putting out the the main original piece of content? Or is it something where actually where you're better off holding those spin-off assets back for a few months and then putting them out there? So, you know, if if if, if I'm doing a podcast episode about refunds, for example, is it better to also put out my, my blog posts and maybe do my Facebook live about refunds within the same week? Or is it better to kind of say, okay, well, we've got this, this core bit of content. And then in a few months time, I'm going to put out a blog post that's a spin-off. And then maybe a month or so after that, then I'll do the Facebook live. Is it better to stagger or do it all kind of in the same timeframe? Or is it kind of six of one half a dozen of the other yeah
0: i guess it maybe it just depends on how hot that topic is at the moment as mm. well doesn't it so if it's quite a um a topic that's quite hot at the moment and it's really important to kind of be communicating that then maybe it is better to go with an all-in and try and do everything at once but otherwise um i really do think it is good to go back and i think what you can do is you can look at your analytics and look at um What were your most popular posts from a few months ago? Yeah. And try and pick out. So whether it's looking at your social analytics or your Google analytics or podcast downloads, but what seems to really, really resonate with people from the last, let's say, six months or so, and then pick those out and then go deeper and create, you know, more content from them, because at least you know that they were the, you know, the pieces of content that people really did resonate with and really probably want more of that. But otherwise, I think if it's really quite a hot topic, then maybe it's good to kind of go all in at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think people are definitely underestimate just how much value is in their archives, especially if, like you say, you do have an evergreen topic where, you know, it's it's maybe you're not in an industry that is particularly fast moving or where there's there's ever going to be any sort of breaking news or or, you know, real hot subject you need to jump on. Like we um I think just a couple of months ago, we did a, a run of three from the vault episodes. Cause we kind of realize, you know, so much of the, the good stuff we put out on this show, like this spans back almost three years now. I think the podcast just passed its three year birthday. So a lot of, a lot of people who, even if they found us two years ago, they might not have heard some of those original ones. So we put out, we picked out three past episodes. We added to them, recorded new intros and outros, spruced up the audio quality, beefed up the show notes and all that sort of stuff. We put them out and they were so well received. Like, so popular far more than than I'd expected and this is just repurposing content that's you know 2 or 3 years old
0: yeah and really really well received so it's a good job that you did that isn't it
1: yeah so, definitely yeah. and and yeah be completely honest. It was done mainly because it was going to be an extremely busy month, so we thought, you know, <laughs> there were definite <laughs> there were definite <laughs> workload benefits. But now, as a result of of how well received that repurposing was, we're going to be doing it every six months, handpicking three previous episodes and doing a, a from the vault um, series. And we've got the next lot um, lined up coming up within the next few weeks as well. So yeah, you know, it just kind of goes to show that even even at that kind of, I suppose, less strategic level, because I would absolutely be lying if I said this was like a master plan of strategy in us doing that. Like, just actually going back and picking out some of the best content and finding ways of reusing it, repurposing it, improving it, like, it pays off.
0: Yeah, you should definitely do that. I mean, you can't assume, just because you know there's great content in your vault, you can't assume that people are going to naturally go to that, can you? And even if people have consumed it, it, you know, there's no harm later down the line to kind of be reminded of those important messages and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a really good thing to do. And I think, um, you know, it's just really important when you think about repurposing to not necessarily consider it to be spin-off or Hmm. um kind of like the sloppy seconds of something that was really really (laughs) um because you know you can repurpose something i think i mentioned this just before but that actually what you go on to create from one piece of content can be more have more impact and maybe more successful than the original so yeah you know like the um the the song Valerie, right? People think that a lot of people think Amy Winehouse was the original of that, but actually, you know, it was the Zootons. Yeah, but, the Zootons.
1: <laughs> I had that um, album.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. But you know, so many people don't realise that. They yeah. you know they and, and all the, you know, although well, some people, you know, love Game of Thrones and don't even realise it was a book because Ch- they just love the television series. And um I did a podcast episode on my podcast recently where I was talking about the um, the film Stand By Me and mm. Shawshank Redemption and they both came from a Stephen King novel called Different Seasons but, but if you ask lots of people have you read Different Seasons they probably haven't Or yeah. have you watched Shawshank Redemption or Stand By Me? They have and so you know, the, the, the repurposed content can go on to be so much more and have so much more impact. You just never know. Like, so it's it's not necessarily a spin-off in a bad way because spin-off mm. can go on to be uh, better, you know, add more value, basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, you know, something that I'm sure people will be concerned with when it comes to content repurposing and this idea of obviously, you know, instead of just putting out one piece of content that addresses a, a challenge, a question, a topic – creating multiple different pieces of content, different formats, different platforms, different mediums. Now, Mark Schaefer, who I know you know and a lot of our listeners will know are very well-known content marketer, quite famously coined the term content shock a few years ago to describe kind of the situation that we're in in online marketing and in content production and all of that, where there's just so much content out there. And the volume of content is just growing exponentially to a point where it's harder than ever to stand out. So when you're creating this spin-off content and these additional promotional assets, how do you make sure that what you're creating is actually quality content that that needs to be created rather than just more stuff to add to the noise?
0: well i guess it so it depends on what you're trying to do we were talking before weren't we about whether you're kind of trying to promote by signposting people to a piece of content mm. a really good piece of content or whether you're creating new standalone content but i mean yeah i completely get the whole content shock thing but you just i guess just because it's repurposed it doesn't mean that you should um forsake any quality in terms of the content that you create I guess so it shouldn't in your mind be thinking of this as just something that you whip up quickly in order to just repurpose I think everything still has to stand to be quality you have to think of being creative and um, you know it's different experiences so offer different experiences to people so say you have done a blog post on a particular topic then maybe you could repurpose that into a facebook live where you ask people to come on and talk to you and ask questions about that topic or maybe you bring a guest on and you have a guest interview on facebook live so you turn in a You know, a solar experience into a live experience. Mm. Or, you know, I think you just have to look at what, how can you offer different experiences? But just don't forsake quality. Just because it's repurposed doesn't mean that it should be whipped up really quickly and not quality tested. And it's just looking at what your audience wants, isn't it? So test test, 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 see yeah. what people are responding to. Don't be, if you keep doing something every week and you've been doing it for six months and people still aren't really interacting with you or engaging with you, you know, there's a message there, isn't there, that it's not working?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I was I was just talking about this yesterday. Um, there's, uh, like, uh, there's a, I'm not going to name names or point fingers or anything, but there's a particular um, uh, video series that, that I know um, the, the people behind work really, really hard on and spend a lot of time. And they've been plugging away at this for like seven or eight months now. And it very rarely breaks any more than single digit views on YouTube. And it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's absolutely, you can't look down or or run down any efforts to kind of try and get momentum and try and get content out there. But at the same time, exactly what you're saying, if some, if you've been doing it for that long and it's not building traction, then it's obviously not working for your audience and, and yeah, so hey. as as you talking about that, that just rang a bell because you see it all the time. It's like you, you have to kind of know or have enough mindfulness and, and, um, you know, finger on the pulse to be able to cut bait when something clearly isn't connecting with your audience, whether it's your original content or whether it's, it's something you're trying as, as an enhancement to, of the content
0: yeah exactly and it's, it's getting the balance isn't it like you have to allow a little bit of time for things to take off and you know if people say oh, i have been trying that for one month and it isn't working that's yeah. maybe not enough time but there the does become a point doesn't where you have to think right this isn't working this isn't resonating what can we do differently um, and you have to do that with all your content, whether it's your original content or your repurposed content you know look- look at how people are responding, give it enough time, be agile, be willing to change, and speak to your audience as well. you know email your subscribers and ask them what kind of content they want want to yeah. see um as well, you know survey them, perhaps some fun like. But, uh, yeah, you have to be creative. You have to try and be as creative as you can and, and don't be blind to um, see what's going on in the feedback.
1: Yeah, and, you know, even with, with emailing, now most email marketing platforms, it's a lot easier to be able to do, to do to do that whole thing where it's kind of, you know, if you don't want to hear about, the videos that I'm putting out, click here, and I won't email you about them. So maybe they'll still get emails about your blog posts, but if you're also doing videos and you're also doing Facebook Lives, like it is now easier than it's ever been to allow your audience to be selective. So that that kind of issue, I suppose, we were talking about before, where you know you might have a mega fan who follows you on every platform and has subscribed to your emails, who maybe you don't want them seeing, or you don't want them receiving, like five emails a week here's my blog post on this topic here's my video on this topic here's my podcast my facebook live here's an interview all on the same topic in the same week like there's so much more ability to give your subscribers control on what they what they get from you and and you know if someone only wants to hear about your podcast then you can you know with systems like convert Kit, active campaign all of that they can tag themselves accordingly. Um, So, you know, there's there's definitely the way around that issue.
0: Yeah, definitely. And in in terms of asking your audience as well, so say, for example, if you've got an Instagram following, there's so many great things you can do at the moment. You know, they have that new feature now, asking, ask a question. You know, we can ask people um within instagram stories can't you mm. and do polls and things like that so like having some fun there and just asking questions like you know do you want to see more of and then give them the options you know like videos yeah. or da, da, da. and you see people doing that don't you and it's so easy to answer it's not even opening a, an email or anything you're just in there anyway and all you have to do is touch left or right, more videos or more podcasts or whatever yeah. so you know there's there's really Um, simple quick ways that you can just try and gauge what people want as well um outside of your email subscribers your social followers as well
1: yeah and I, i love that as well because that that kind of it makes it possible to have the entire kind of ideation research um part of the the content creation process to actually have that As content in and of itself. So if you do what you say there, you know, now they've opened up the questions. You can have the where someone can just type in a response to a question through Instagram stories. You know, the fact that you could kind of say, okay, hit me up, let me know your top challenges with whatever. And then people type in their responses. Then you maybe pick two of those and say, okay, these are the two most popular things you're talking about. Which would you like me to do a podcast episode on next? And then have people vote. So they're like democratically involved in. The content you're creating but you're creating content to get them involved if that makes sense it's yeah
0: uh, it's yeah. brilliant isn't it? Yeah. It's it's so, so so cool. it starts to get quite meta doesn't it <laughs> yeah
1: it really really is and i'm a yeah. big fan of as someone with a membership about a membership like <laughs> yeah. i'm a big fan of meta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i would say with with all of this People can get overwhelmed. Overwhelm's definitely, definitely becoming a big, big issue. Um, for content creators, I think, especially ones that we're talking to, where there's concern over h- how many different content channels and social media platforms there are. There's there's new ones popping up constantly. IGTV is kind of the latest, um, that all of a sudden there's a bit of a la- you know, a land rush for this, for people to be the first to to make them out on IGTV. How do people balance it all? How do they juggle it all? Should people be making an effort to try to be everywhere, or do you think it's better to choose just a couple of core channels to focus on, and and not concern yourself about having a a channel on IGTV and a YouTube channel and a podcast and this and that and the other? How do you get that balance?
0: Well, I guess it. I do. I do think it is important to try and be well not not everywhere globally but everywhere as in where you think your audience is going to be so Mm. it depends what uh, industry you're in and you know what kind of people you're trying to attract what kind of audience you want but if you know where they are um i do think it is important to try and be in those places but i think that's why repurposing is so important because i think you need to focus on one core channel so let's say for example you focus on podcast and say your podcast and focus on creating really really good podcast content and then know how you're then going to repurpose that into the places that you know your audience are so if you i mean igtv obviously it's so new we don't really know too much about it at the moment there's lots of people saying that because it's new you should just be getting on there anywhere you can put Mm. videos on there all the time because early adopters usually do and often on these platforms but then i don't know i mean you have to just take a judgment call yeah. don't
1: you yourself? i'm not a i'm not a fan i don't think it'll yeah. last personally i really don't think it'll last.
0: No, but time will tell, won't it? It so,
1: well. and that's and um, that is the thing. I, I think that's where you know. I think that's where people do really get that overwhelmed because there is no way of knowing. Because actually, for every uh, when you say there, you know, early adopters are the ones who who are successful, and that is definitely true when it comes to the platforms that are still around. But you know, Blab had early adopters. Periscope had early adopters. I know that's still kind of ticking along. Um, you know, but there's for every. Every channel that's out there now, there's a dozen or so that never made it, and each and every one of those had early adopters. So I, I, I definitely empathise with, uh, with people, especially if they're new to this space, because you don't have to look very far to find people who are telling you, if you're not on IGTV, now your business will not survive. Mm. Like, and it's 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 nonsense, yeah. right? <laughs> it is, isn't
0: it? Yeah. How can anybody say that? Because we don't even know, you know what it is and what yeah. it's going to become so um yeah I, I guess you just have to make a judgment call don't you You have to just you have to know your industry and who you're talking to mm. and maybe I don't we don't even know the stats on who is really consuming something like the IGTV content at the moment so it's all about what we were just saying that I guess it's test I mean if, mm. if if you have the intrigue um what you could do is you say so say your core Content channel is your podcast, and you do solo episodes and do lots of research every week and create these really great, say, 15 minute podcast episodes. And then you're thinking, Right, well, how would I go on to IGTV instead of just scratching your head and thinking, What will I talk about? You can at least talk about the topic that you talked about on the podcast so that
1: you're
0: mm. not reinventing the wheel and going and researching something new. So, kind of repurpose those ideas and talk for you know, five minutes or something about that topic, perhaps that would be a good idea. Um, perhaps you could get somebody to come on with you and they have an opposing viewpoint and you can have a little bit of a debate, something like that. You know, add, add a little bit of an um, edge to repurposing but I think you know coming back to your question I think you you should focus on one core channel I think it'd be really hard to go all in on video all in on podcast all in on blogging (laughs) and then simultaneously also go all in on Facebook lives yeah you can't do that so you need to focus on one and then have a repeatable process of how you then repurpose that into the places that you know your audience are so not necessarily everywhere but i do think it's important to be in the key places that you think your audience are so if that's linkedin facebook and instagram you know people aren't on pinterest you know they're not on snapchat you're not interested in igtv yet leave those yeah but just have some have your core channel and have the places that you are going to repurpose to and try and beat the overwhelm by putting in some systems and processes if it's weekly content, then have weekly systems and processes for then repurposing across those different channels.
1: Yeah, and it, it keeps coming back to to your audience, doesn't it? I think that's yeah. I think that's a mistake that some people make is they're not they're listening to what gurus and social media experts are telling them, and where they're telling them they should be spending their time rather than actually paying attention to their audience and seeing where they are, you know, where those guys are actually at. Yeah. um so it's 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 taking direction from the wrong people yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you yeah.
0: you know what works in one industry
1: one niche doesn't work in another does it exactly exactly now i know for a fact there'll be people listening thinking you know this is all well and good repurposing sounds sensible sounds smart you know it's it's wringing every last drop of value out of uh, a piece of content an idea or a topic But it sounds like so much extra work. You know, this idea of spinning off content and creating um, kind of, you know, new rich media assets and all that sort of stuff. Sounds like a lot. Is it a lot of work? And what can people do to make sure that if they're 10Xing their content, it doesn't mean they're 10Xing their day-to-day workload?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it it is a lot of work. Um, But the way I see it is that you have to, look at repurposing content as content creation overall so whether you're creating repurposed content or you know kind of the fresh original piece it's all content creation mm-hmm. so what i would say is that you need to know how much time every week that you can put towards creating content full stop whatever that content is how much time can you put towards it and then you need to think about what was the percentage of time that i'll spend on The original piece, and Mm. what percentage of time should I spend on repurposing? So, if you have 10 hours a week and you say, Yeah, I have 10 hours a week, so I do three blog posts every week um, in my 10 hours, why not do one blog post every week where you spend, you know, two hours on the blog post and the other eight hours repurposing that blog post? So it, you know first of all repurposing or not whichever you're gonna do you just need to know how much time you can realistically put to content and then it's that that split and for me I think you're far better going all in on creating a really great piece of content that takes you know you know th- two three four hours and then don't create that next piece just then spend the rest of your time that week getting every Bit of value that you can get from that original piece. So yeah. I think that's the way that you need to look at it is, is how much time overall on content.
1: Yeah. So it's it's just moving, moving the line between creating original content and then what you do next with that content. And yeah, you know, uh, with uh, this the trend that still continues, for example, with podcasts of doing a daily show, like in some in, in some contexts, a daily show. Is the most sensible, most logical thing. But if you're doing a show like this one, where there is zero benefit to going daily, other than you create more content, then or even if it's two or three times a week, then I'm I'm totally with you on that. Like instead of creating three bits of of kind of shallow content, create one much better, much deeper piece of content and do more with it. And everything, like everywhere you look online in online marketing, is pointing towards a preference for better quality content like google everything they do all the changes in their in their algorithms are all geared towards highlighting better quality richer content as opposed to just lots of noise
0: yeah completely i am um, i have a friend who he does a lot of writing and lots and lots of blogs has a fitness blog and he creates these really, really great pieces of content, really great blog posts, really well researched. And as soon as he's hit publish on one, and it's fantastic, he's straight on to the next one, and like, yeah. maybe gets like two or three out. And it just really frustrates me because it's like, right, that one piece of content was amazing. You went, you know, really, really good. There's so much that you could now create from that. You know, mm. there's so much social um, you know, there's so much opportunity to create videos, create all sorts of things, put so much effort into it. But instead, you just onto the next one, onto the next one, onto the next one. And when I say, why don't you repurpose it? Well, I just don't have time because I'm doing three <laughs> blog posts a week, you know, and it's like, well, oh, <laughs> maybe you should just do one and then, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know. But um, it's yeah. And I think it's so important as well just to, to kind of retouch on what you were saying before. It's not just about creating additional static content items it's not writing one blog post and then spinning it off into three other blog posts or doing a podcast and then spinning it off into other kind of static things like i think once you start thinking about the fact that you know a facebook live discussion about the topic or you know a back and forth interview with i love what you said before about someone with an opposing view like you are debating and discussing the subject we talked about game of thrones before like almost as popular as the game of thrones tv show is the um i don't actually remember throne is it thrones cast thrones cast is the podcast and then you have um you actually have like a talk show after the new game of thrones episode in which they have guests on and they're discussing the episode and stuff like that so that's supplementary content that isn't it's not an extended episode or a spin-off episode of game of thrones it's Discussion, it's analysis, it's commentary, it's, you know, picking out little bits of it. Like, I think you get into the mindset of that, then that can be a game changer.
0: Yeah, it's it's offering different experiences to people, isn't it? Mm. So Janet Murray, um, our mutual friend, Janet Murray, she's really good at that. So she'll do a Twitter chat um, every, I think it's, I don't know, Monday or something like that in the evening. And she does a podcast episode and then she does the Twitter chat. And she runs for an hour and just in, engages with people on the topics, you know, of her content that week. Mm. I know when I went on her show, she said, "Hey, could you jump into my Facebook group on Friday? We're doing a Facebook live to talk about the podcast that goes live on Friday." Yeah. Um, so we, I, you know, went in and spoke to a group about that. And so yeah, it's like it's different experiences, isn't it? You, you communicated something to people in an audio way. How could you then communicate it live? How could you communicate it written? how could you turn that into a video how could you do different things so if you only have a certain number of hours each week on content like you said maybe one hour could be going live on facebook maybe one hour could be a twitter chat I didn't work it out that way so the, the whole repurposing of one piece of great content
1: yeah so you know that that core bit of content it almost becomes your theme for the week yeah. i love the idea of having a weekly theme um and and you're right Janet is janet is awesome at doing this and no question she'll have been picking your brains i think on on how to really um get the most on the strategy but you know if your podcast episode this week is about sales funnels that is the theme for everything that you're doing this week twitter yeah, chat facebook time. discussion yeah. and what have you yeah so yeah. so is this something that someone could realistically do on their own? I know things like, you know, turning up and doing a Facebook live, obviously you need to be there. If you're recording a podcast video or whatever, you need to be there. (laughs) But with all the other stuff, creating quote images, creating, um, I know, transcripts and show notes and all the other assets that go with it. Is it too much for someone to manage on their own? Or again, does it just come down to being realistic about what you can get done or do you really need to have a team or a couple of freelancers or VAs in place to to actually make this strategy work for you?
0: I, think, I guess it depends on how big a repurposing strategy you have. Hmm. depends on your capacity and then your skill set as well. So, um, like, you know, if you have the skills and you have the capacity – then perhaps it is a good use of your time. But otherwise, you know, as with anything, isn't it, you need to look to outsource and get some help. So um, I think, you know, you have to devise your strategy of how far in you want to go. And if you do have a budget, then getting help, especially with things like graphics, written yeah. content. Now, um it's also acknowledging that there's not going to be one person with all the skills. So from my <laughs> experiences, your, you know, your copywriter is, is not going to be your graphics person. Yeah. Um, your graphics person, you know, may not be your video person. So there's lots of different skill sets. I think it depends how all in you want to go, how invested you're gonna be. like you said, there's the things that only you can do anyway, like the lives and maybe running the Twitter chats and things like that. But then the other the other content, it's assessing the best use of your time, isn't it, as well, really?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um and yeah, I I always like to kind of put it in the context of um being the rock star, not the roadie. So yeah. there is stuff, <laughs> you know, if if you're a, a band, then obviously you need to be the one who shows up and sings your songs. But in most cases, you're not going to be the ones designing the flyers, designing the tickets, doing the little promo show reel that goes out on a TV ad or on radio and stuff like that. And so you know, maybe in the early days, you might kind of scrappily put that stuff together yourself. But if you want to get somewhere, then you need to have some sort of help, even if it's just for the stuff you know you absolutely can't do, which is usually things like graphics
0: yeah exactly you know get
1: get the help and then focus on what you're best at yeah definitely definitely um all right so let's let's kind of start putting this into practical terms for our listeners because our listeners love you know having that stuff they just take away like okay very specifically i'm just going to do this because mike and amy told me <laughs> um, all right so our listeners are pretty much all running memberships and in most cases they're creating premium content for their members and quite often. Free content as well, you know, most people in the space of the membership, they promote their membership through content marketing. Should someone running a membership, creating premium content, should they be repurposing that premium content or should they just stick to the free stuff that they're putting out?
0: Well, I definitely think that there's an opportunity to repurpose premium content into um, things like, for example, if you were running Facebook ads and you wanted to Mm Create maybe some video snippets of some of the tutorials and the trainings and things like that. So taking some of the premium content and just providing a teaser in uh, like running Facebook ads or just in your social on your site, um, not necessarily all of the content, but just enough to tease people in mm. through repurposing, I think is a, a really good idea um looking at what's going on in the membership and you know, if you're regularly answering questions to people, that answering people's questions, then, you know, there's an opportunity there, I guess, to repurpose some of those answers and bring them forward in social and yeah. um, you know, in whatever form you provide that, whether it's providing videos or written or that kind of thing. I guess, you know, you could A lot of the content, a lot of the things that are going in in your private membership, can fuel your free content, can't it? By coming up with, right, that I just answered that question in my forum. That would be a really great podcast episode, or that would be a really great blog post. I mean, is that something that you recommend, Mike? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've got a community who are essentially paying you to solve their problems, like they, that's that's your best kind of resource. In terms yeah. of ideas, because, you know, you've got people who who are telling you, this is what I'm struggling with. You know, this is something I do not know. And, you know, what, like they don't expect you to only give the answer to them, like to, yeah. to keep it secret. Somebody asks you how to, um, you know, fix a broken leg on a chair. They have no expectation that you have some super secret, Technique that you are only ever going to share with them, like they don't care about that. They just want to fix their chair. So you know, if you if you determine from within your community, actually, there's a hell of a lot of people out there with busted chair legs. Maybe I'll go off and I'll do a video or I'll do a podcast on that. Like it doesn't diminish the value that you're offering inside your your membership. At all. No, not at all.
0: It doesn't at all, does it? Yeah. And there's just gold that's going to be in the membership that can be brought forward um, for some of the free content. So um, I think there's loads of opportunities. Like, you know, we worked with um, our client recently just trying to bring some of the great content forward. Like I mentioned in more of a teaser type scenario, like teasers of videos and things like that, just to show people what is on the inside. And so, you know, instead of creating a brand new promo video brand new ad for your membership just repurpose what you have in there just Mm. as a tease so um but yeah i mean question and answer repurposing it's just brilliant isn't it you know you provide a really thoughtful considered answer to people's questions and there's so much you can then do with that answer basically
1: yeah Um, without doubt and i think you know it's again so much of this um i think people can learn from what what are content creators in the wider world doing? Not content in, in the sense that we're talking about necessarily blogs, videos, podcasts, but what are, what are authors doing? What are film creators doing? What are TV producers doing? And so if you're releasing a movie, you take some highlight footage from that movie and you chop it up and you put it in a trailer. And these days, people are doing trailers for trailers. So they're yeah. doing, they do teasers for the main trailer that comes out. And then they do two or three trailers and they have TV spots, which are extended trailers. And they'll have maybe interviews with some of the, you know, some of the stars. So again, you know, if you've got a, an expert um, coming in to do a, a, a webinar for you, or maybe they've done one in the past, there's your movie star. And so you can have a little five minute interview with that person where they're talking about what they're going to be talking about. Like there's so many lessons to be learned by, by actually looking outside of what, what people are doing in the online marketing space, in the content marketing space, because, you know, content marketing isn't, it's not new and it's not unique to blogging and vlogging and podcasting. Like everyone. In media, anyone creating anything is really—they're doing some form of content marketing. So, you know, look at what they're doing and and find a way to adapt it.
0: Yeah, I love that analogy. The
1: movies is brilliant. Yeah, sorry, totally like (laughs) (laughs) totally stepping all over your toes. Now, hold on, can I add content repurposing into my job title as well? (laughs) I'll just I'll just repurpose all the awesome advice you give people and say it's mine.
0: I really I really like what you said about the um the interviewing what when on the movies when they do the kind of tours and things like that to promote videos and they have all the interviews with the stars and how if you look in this content world and maybe in the membership world then you would potentially include these really great interviews with guests that you have and things like that. Mm. And that's when you could, you kind of can merge the free and the premium and yeah. membership paid book, isn't it? Because you can do your free podcast with that expert and you put out an amazing kind of free show on your podcast, but then hold some of it back like i think you and i've talked about this before but where you could ask the guest to stay on and ask you know 10 extra questions or something like that yeah. and only those bonus questions go into the membership so it's just making it getting a bit more of the time with that guest and i guess in a way kind of just repurposing the um the, the interview and that opportunity into two forms premium and free yeah. and um, there's lots of ways that you can do that
1: definitely all right so so let's talk about some of those ways we're going to, let's kind of take just an example scenario then and then walk through the the process of what someone might be able to do. So let's say someone's just created an awesome course for their members that, you know, it's maybe 20 lessons long. It's three or four hours um, of video tutorials or whatever. Let's just kind of walk step by step through just some examples of how they could repurpose part of that course and, you know, maybe some specific examples of extra assets they can create and how they could use it. Um, yeah, if I came to you and said, I've got this, just had this awesome course, get me some more juice out of it, what <laughs> do we do? Right,
0: so, so if it's a video course, then um, firstly, I would recommend slicing and dicing the video down into Mm. as we were just saying some shorter video clips that you can put out onto social media let people you know a really really good part of the course like a really impactful part and let people know um that that came from that course so it's more kind of running uh adding value so someone Mm. would get something from watching that clip but also let them know that it comes from a bigger training and that course so slicing and dicing um for different platforms bearing in mind the different time duration so if you put something out on instagram you'd create no more than a 60 second clip or twitter's a little bit longer facebook and so on but that's what i would recommend um and also if you run video ads and at the moment facebook is really favorable towards video ads then mm. creating some little videos from an actual course because obviously like we were just saying that's showing people exactly what they will get is showing behind the scenes so i think that's a really good idea to put a bit of spend yeah. on shorter clips another idea i would have is to strip the audio if it's possible if it's not too um, dependent on looking at a you know step by step or yeah. slides or that kind of thing, but if it's possible to strip the audio then um, you could actually create some podcast content i'm not sure what's your opinion on that have you have you ever done yeah that yourself? Yeah, yeah we've
1: we've done it i think you know as long as it as, as long as it holds up as a standalone piece of content then absolutely you know if you've got yeah. if you've got 20 lessons in your course it doesn't diminish the value of that course if you take the audio from two or three of those lessons so less than 10 percent and put them out there as a standalone podcast so i'm a big fan of that
0: yeah exactly so that's a, something great that you could do um also if you have slides so you've created some slides or you, you can then um look at whether there's opportunities to use the slide standalone as some images to share as well so again sharing images on social media into your blog posts and things like that but um there you would have some graphics if you do have engaging slides. Hmm. And then talking about the slides, you could um, turn the presentation into a slide share as well. And get, If you have an audience over on LinkedIn slide share, then you could create a slide share from the slides that you use for your online training course. So that's another opportunity. Awesome. Um a written article as well. So maybe one or maybe many, but if you've done some research in order to create this course and you know you've you've obviously put a lot of time and effort into it, there's probably at least one, if not many, articles that you could write based on that. So to get some written content on your blog. And then again, if you put your written content into other places like LinkedIn and Medium and things like that, but be surprised if you couldn't get a written article or many from one of your video courses. Um, And social posts as well. So, you know, short form posts, longer form posts that you can create. Probably if you do the article first and you've turned it into written, you can then look at ways to kind of slice and dice that written content more to create tweets and create a Facebook post, Instagram, wherever you may be. So that would be another option. And then it's offering the live experience as well. So um, just, again, you put some time and effort and research into the course, most likely you could go live on one of the social channels to talk about the topic to offer yourself up friends questions and answers. I guess, you know, you don't want to i don't know what your opinion is that in terms of the premium um content mike but i think that would be absolutely fine to actually offer that as a um an option to you know well, do some live q a hmm. on that
1: topic yeah i think you know I, I i would think and i'm sure if you agree that actually in just like zoom in on just like one key part yeah. of it um and yeah just do some kind of deep dive q a on just that bit because remembering your members can also access that so it's not like it's it's not your paid members can't also come along for that little bit of additional discussion about you know that key part of one of the lessons in that multi-lesson course um you know they can still get that extra value it's not like you're taking anything away from them
0: Well, no, exactly. And, I mean, you could actually offer a a webinar as well, couldn't you, and just thinking of Mm. other alternatives. So as part of your marketing strategy, if webinars is something that you think would work, maybe it's worked in the past, then, again, taking maybe a part of one of the online courses and topping and tailing that with some extra content that you you would put into a webinar, um, you could create a webinar, you know, can run that as well as part of your marketing strategy and just to reach more people. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, just from one video course there, we've talked about shorter videos for social, we talked about podcasts, we've talked about images, creating written articles, potentially a slideshare, um, social posts, live experiences, Q&As, that kind of thing. So, that, you know, step by step, just working through. Yeah. There's lots that you could just do with one of those video courses.
1: Love that. Love that. And so, you know, even if you don't want to do all of that, and that's the thing, it's like what we're saying about being realistic about the time you have available, the resources you have available, the channels that your your, um, audience are on. You don't need to do all of those things. If your audience don't consume live video, then maybe you cut out the live experience. Test it first. As Amy said earlier, you've got to test this stuff. But you don't have to do all of the things. Even if you're just getting an extra 10%. Out of the things that you're doing, it's more than you're getting now. And it gives you something to build on. If you get some traction, you know, if all you do from this is slice and dice um, into a few shorter videos, if that helps you like expand your reach and maybe get you like one more member, uh, that's something to build on. Next time you might do that and also do a Facebook Live. Then the next time you might strip the audio. Like you can build on this stuff. You don't have to do it all all at once. And I like that. I I think the key for that as well, it really is on just pick the part of your course you're going to really zoom in on. I I, I like to talk the difference between free and paid content really often comes down to depth and breadth. Mm -hmm. So free stuff is usually um, really narrow in its focus and it goes deep. So it's a deep dive into a real specific part of a broader topic. Paid stuff is usually... A deep dive into all aspects of a bigger topic like so if you've got that big deep dive into like everything you need to know about this big topic even just like zooming in a little bit so that your focus is more specific but you've still got that deep dive that gives you a wealth of stuff that you can draw on to create these other assets
0: yeah it absolutely does doesn't it so you know, you, you just have to zoom in, don't you, and find mm. that, that really good sweet spot that you can then really repurpose the hell out of, basically. Yeah.
1: All right, I, I'm going to flip it around now. I'm, okay. like, totally putting you to the task. This is why mm-hmm. I love podcast interviews like this, because it's basically an excuse for a little bit of free advice for me as well. So <laughs> that's a little tip. You want free consulting? Just get people on your podcast. <laughs> um, so let's flip it around, and let's let's kind of look at it from the perspective of, creating free content first so bloggers podcasters and what have you um so rather than okay i've got this big course how do i then chip away at it and repurpose it down what can we do to build on free content that we've created at the other end of the process a podcast a facebook live session blog post something that's gone out there for free as part of your content marketing strategy how could you repurpose that and build upon it not only to create additional free assets but maybe even create some premium stuff that we give to our members?
0: Well, one of my favorite sources of content is when people ask us to repurpose Facebook Lives. Mm. I really like that Because it starts off with that live experience that, you know, has to be done by um, by one of our kind of clients, you know, like they, they're the only one that can go live, basically. Yeah. So a Facebook Live, so video content is a really good starting point. So um, what you can do with a Facebook Live is firstly, we would take the, we'd make sure the audio was good. Firstly, if anyone's thinking of doing this, like just because it's a Facebook Live, you know, do have your audio, your mic, set up, make sure it's really good sound quality. Yeah. Because um, what we like to do with Facebook Lives is after the videos have gone live, we edit them down. So we remove all of the live aspects, anything that a non-live audience would not be interested in, you know, yeah. like welcoming people, just the, the, the bits that you would lose for a non-live audience. So yeah. We completely edit them down and create shorter... More engaging videos from the original Facebook Live that can then go onto YouTube and back onto social and on the website and things like that. So we create, you know, a really good video from a Facebook Live, and once we've done that stripping of the non of the live elements to make it more interesting for the um, non-live audience, we strip the audio then. So I mentioned about good sound quality, so we would strip the audio and create a podcast episode from that as well. Um, maybe top and tail, you know, an intro, outro, but create a really good podcast episode from that Facebook Live. Um, we would then create written content. So there's always like, quite a focus on just making sure that there is some written content for the mm. SEO. Um, so maybe whether it's show notes or a, you know, long-form standalone article, or usually both is a good idea. So. Yeah. And create some written content
1: do the and, with that yeah. do the transcript do you tend to like get a transcript first or write this stuff kind of from scratch
0: no i mean for us personally we don't get a transcript it's just a case of going back through the content and um just writing yeah. you know show notes and writing um a longer form article hmm. and usually adding more to it as well, because there's always something that you forgot to say or you could go a bit deeper on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so when we write a standalone article, they usually kind of end up going a bit deeper. And then with the show notes, it's if it's if we do show notes against the edited video that we want people to watch, not the previous live video. Mm. So then we may timestamp some of the really key points um, so people know where to go to, to listen to some of the key points from that video. So, and it's also timestamping the podcast as well because we make sure that they stay in sync. So we would create like, you know, one or many written articles from that video. And we'd also create some short kind of teaser clips as well. So where we take, you know, just a little section, maybe where there was a really good answer to a specific question um, and create really nicely branded short teaser videos as well for answers to questions or just just even for social, something funny. I mean, if there was a blooper Mm. or um, anything that could make people laugh or anything like that, for social media, it's more about getting the laugh or getting the entertaining people, isn't it? So, make some short videos from that. Um, Social media images too. So, maybe some static images, some quotes, some key points, that kind of thing. Um, If the topic allows... Uh, if it if it's possible, then creating things like infographics as well can be really good. Yeah. And something else that we really enjoy creating is is content upgrades. So to help grow the email list, to create some kind of say checklist, say the Facebook Live was 10 ways to, you know, grow your membership or something like that. Mm. Then we could create a checklist based off that and then offer that up as a content upgrade in exchange for email addresses. And, you know, everyone loves a checklist, don't they, or anything <laughs> like that? So, mm. <laughs> um, so, so anything anything that sounds, you know, that we could create that would just add value and enhance people's experience when they consume that content. Mm. Um, and then email as well. So like an email or a series of emails, or an email course, even some something like that, that we could create from that piece of content. So, you know, there's, there's lots that we can do from something like a Facebook Live. So I really recommend, like we were saying, I don't think that people should try and do everything, though. I just talked about so many different steps, but that's something that we do. There's a, you know, there's a team working on that. I think if it's you're on your own, oh. or you're working with a small team, then what you want to do is just take one at one at a time so basically add an extra step Get, make that part of your process and become very consistent with that and when you feel like it's consistent and embedded as part of the process add the next step and add the next step and just take your time yeah. and add these extra bits and we've talked before about what works in one industry doesn't work in another or with one audience doesn't work in another so knowing your audience if they, if you know that they would like it and turn it into a podcast then it's a great idea if you know your audience don't listen to podcasts don't so it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's about doing what's right taking it one step at a time being consistent and um yeah just looking at all the different ways that you can extract value from that initial piece of content and then the premium i think is when you um start to go a little bit further i mean i mentioned content upgrades but mm. it, or, or you could just create that as additional membership only content yeah. that only the members get a hold of couldn't you and do an extra bit of interview with the guest that you had let's say and put that in your premium membership um maybe extra articles maybe the podcast only becomes a membership only Mm. um audio file so if you want to get the podcast episode you're going to have to you know join the membership that kind of thing
1: yeah i love that and yeah i mean content upgrades even just just giving them to your members the added convenience of them not having to enter their email address to get them if it's something that's useful they're gonna they're gonna appreciate that i think so often we worry a little too much about content in and of itself as opposed to um the convenience factor of just having all the content upgrades for all of your podcasts available Mm -hmm. in a central location inside your membership and that's going to save someone i don't know 20 minutes hunting for the right podcast episode and putting their email address in and all that sort of stuff. So even just at a most basic level, if you're doing that kind of repurposing and creating content upgrades, having a a section you add them to in your membership, it's worth doing. And yeah, I'm such a big fan of kind of the, the DVD extras approach of, you know, you maybe do an extra five, 10 minutes with your guest or you maybe, you know, we talked before about one of the things you can do with, with your free content being a little Facebook Live Q&A. But you can kind of flip that on its head and actually do a Q&A just for your members on that yeah, topic. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Definitely. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's as you've said a few times through, through this, it's just being more creative and just finding different angles.
0: Yeah, it, so it's not content repurposing. It's not where you post on Instagram and tick the little box that says also post on
1: Facebook. <laughs> oh, <damn laughs> There's it. a lot
0: more to it, I've been, I've been getting
1: it wrong all these years. <laughs> I actually I hate when that happens as well because I'll usually do it once when I want one thing to go out and then it has it ticked by default every time after. And so, you know, that awesome promo graphic for my latest Podcast episode, that gets shared, but then so does the picture of my... Philly cheesesteak and you know <laughs> me pulling a stupid, uh, stupid pause. So I don't know. Yeah.
0: just don't do it. That's no. what I advise.
1: <laughs> All right, let's talk tools. Let's talk yeah. tech. What three tools should every content creator have in their arsenal? That's going to help them with repurposing. What are your three top tools for repurposing?
0: Well, so. The tools, so we couldn't live without Trello. So mm. we use Trello to plan all the process flows of creating the content and how to repurpose. So I really recommend Trello. I'm sure that is not necessarily anything new for your audience, but we couldn't live without Trello. It's it's um, about
1: the processes, isn't it? Like having yeah. something that's repeatable is, is going to save, you, save your sanity.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I just couldn't recommend that more. I know there's other um, tools as well, like a sauna and things like that. But Trello's our our go-to.
1: And honestly, um, sorry, just keep putting it in. Even with a sauna, we use a sauna, but we use a sauna like Trello. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I use a in Trello mode, basically, because <laughs> they just they just ripped it off. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There
0: you go. And then the other one that I recommend, so for creating graphics, I just. Again, it's probably nothing new to your audience, but Canva. I just mm-hmm. absolutely love Canva. So we use Canva all the time for creating more of the kind of basic graphics and things like that. But I just think it's something that if you have no graphics background, then Canva is a really you know, simple yeah. tool to use, really good interface, and it's good for creating graphics. So I yeah. really recommend Canva.
1: Honestly, and, and you mentioned there if you have no graphics background, I have a graphics background, and we use Canva yeah like and and our graphic designer now we're working with a graphic designer, she's using canva, like we can do all the fancy stuff from scratch, but as, if you're creating like multiple images and stuff like their their magic resize tool is just oh, it's so great it's like <laughs> the best invention ever
0: it is my, my um my graphic designers were not too happy when i initially you know told them we'd be using Canva because they you know have advanced skills in all sorts of other yeah. tools as well they're proper designers for more advanced work but Canva is our go-to and at first they were quite cynical about you know Canva, but now um like you said with all those nifty things that you can yeah. do um they're really you know quite happy using it for the, you know, more basic, like I said, not necessarily not so when we do animations, obviously yeah. things like
1: that. Although but, uh, although they've started doing some animations as well, like basic yeah. basic mm-hmm. animations in Canva. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I really, I'm such a big advocate of Canva. Um, the, the, I would say, so my next one that I wanted to recommend, um, it's only for the podcasters actually, but I, I just get asked this question a lot about how do you create the short audiograms, like the little mm. teasers where it's a static image with a audio wave, an animated audio wave where you can get a snippet. So I get asked all the time, how do you create those? So there's two... Um, tools that you can use. One's called Headliner Mm. and the other's called Wave, which is W-A-V-V-E, so Headliner and Wave. There are two tools that you can use to create. We use Wave, we always have and we just really like it. It's got a really... easy to use user interface hmm. headline is a little bit more complicated it's a bit like using iMovie or um, Camtasia or something it's a bit more like that so it's a bit hmm. more complicated to use but it, it yeah it probably does have a few more features as well um and it's free wave is free to a point and then you pay but that if any kind of podcast podcast is listening to this I really recommend using those two to just get really really good snippets of audio from podcast episodes and just getting them out on social so that people can just hear those and hopefully come out come over to listen to the whole episode. So really recommend those.
1: Love it. Love it. So that's Trello, Canva, and either headliner or wave for your audiograms. Awesome. Love it. All right. So just to to wrap things up then for anyone listening who is now really eager to jump into repurposing, they want to start getting a bit more bang for their for their buck from their content. We talked about you know the fact that it's probably not realistic for you to go from kind of zero to sixty and suddenly go from putting out like one podcast episode a week to turning that into like ten blogs and a Facebook live and an Instagram live and all this stuff. What two or three steps? If someone's just getting started, what two or three things can people start doing? starting with their next piece of content to to build up that repurposing habit
0: well i think you just you need to choose one extra thing that you're going to do and make sure that it's something that you can be consistent with so um there's no point in you know one week doing everything and then the next week losing that consistency So choose one extra step i really recommend um trying to choose something that changes the format so mm if you do create podcast episodes there may be that one extra step could be that written article or mm. could be that video so it's changing it from audio to written audio to video or whichever it may be from change your blog post into a short video so go from written to video or written to podcast so change think of think of a different format just because you're more likely to then reach people who do not consume you know the original piece but would consume the different formats and just consistently maybe you know for a few months just try and bake that into your regular process for creating the content. And when that feels like that is a part of the process and it's no longer a new step, but it's just what you do, that's mm. when you can start looking to add the extra step. Use Trello to track check to track everything, you know, take it off every single week when you've created your content. But yeah, I think look at the format change. Look at what you think would touch and reach your audience not listening to you know gurus talking about one size fits (laughs) all but know your own audience ask them you know we were talking before about ways that you can ask people in socials ask them and yeah just take it one step at a time don't be overwhelmed um because it can be overwhelming so you just need to um, get consistent with one extra thing and one step at a time
1: no, love that. Love that. Definitely that kind of pragmatic approach. Um, and, yeah, get those processes nailed. Like, seriously, I bang that drum so much, but please, it's not just me telling you. Amy's telling you this now as well. Get the processes down because that's pretty much the way you guarantee that you get consistent with this stuff, um, without doubt. And, you know, I mean, I, I love that about just make the first thing you do something that changes the medium. Because it's, it's not that difficult to go from, if you're creating video, to then turn that video into a, a podcast. It's probably one of the easier, like the, the more no-brainer things to do, right? Because you can just pull that audio. Um, but even if you're just writing blogs, just record yourself reading a blog.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't just think. Right, I'm going to take this blog post mm. and turn it into an article for Medium or something. Because that's just written to written. Yeah, look at written to audio. Um, written to video Um don't just take your videos and slice them down into shorter videos it's great to do that well that's video to video take yeah. the video and turn it to podcast or written so um that's what i yeah i would really recommend that different format and then you can start expanding the formats when you get consistent with that
1: yeah i love that and the uh, what i don't think people necessarily always understand is how much the discoverability changes from one medium to another because, you know, Google feasts on written content, but iTunes is a search engine in and of itself. And that's a whole audience who you probably wouldn't ordinarily reach. And then with video, like YouTube is the world's second largest search engine. So again, the, it's it's not just kind of peeing into the same ocean. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's actually creating something that you're going to send out there to potentially an entirely different group of people who otherwise wouldn't find you because they are looking for their content in in iTunes it's kind of like you know the the presentation did a podcast movement where we talked about Barry (laughs) Barry the home brewer who who doesn't listen to podcasts doesn't search for podcasts, doesn't know podcasts are, are really a thing they're not looking in iTunes they're looking in YouTube or they're looking in Google. So if all you have is a podcast, you're not being found because that is not, you know, the Barry's not looking there. So yeah,
0: and it's it's yeah. a shame. It's such a shame for poor old Barry and yeah. for you. And <laughs> no, it's a lose lose situation,
1: isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. All right. So there we have it. No excuses. That's your homework for this episode. Next piece of content you create, whether it's free content, whether it's paid content, put into practice the stuff that Amy's been talking about, the tips that she shared on today's episode, and start building on that over time. Give it a bit of time, practice, test, get feedback from your audience so you can start getting more mileage from the work you're doing. Amy... So much value shared on this episode. I've really enjoyed it. I've got some great, I'm, like, I'm just sick squirreling, taking away notes of, yeah, we need to do this. Yeah, we need to do that. Uh, if someone, yeah, that's what we want. If someone wants more help and advice from you and their quest to become a repurposing master, where can they connect with you?
0: So um there's my podcast, the Content Ten X podcast. That's on most of the podcasting I, I'm, I'm apps.
1: just I'm just gonna stop you here. I'm realizing like I'm I'm like setting myself up for a 10 minute wrap-up here because I'm talking to the repurposing <laughs> queen. Like, where can we find Amy? Everywhere. <laughs> but the, the podcast of Content Ten X is awesome. Oh it's thank really you.
0: Awesome. So there's there's that. And then I get I guess basically it's just, you know, the website, xcom and then on all the social medias. Um, platforms at content 10x basically probably most uh most lively on instagram um and Pete, if you want to email me it's amy at content
1: 10x.com as well so that, welcome to that as well awesome awesome i highly highly recommend get yourself to content 10x that's one zero x.com listen to the podcast amy sharing value bombs likes you share today each and every week and um this is a really like awesome like geordie membership person was on the show like a few months ago start with that episode (laughs) like you know definitely yeah definitely (laughs) all right (laughs) amy thank you so much for being on the show it's been an absolute pleasure i know our audience will have loved this and i'm sure they've taken twice as many notes as i have and uh yeah i'm looking forward to our audience becoming an army of repurposing masters thanks to uh the tips that you've shared today
0: awesome mike thanks for having me on really appreciate it
1: Thanks once again to Amy for all of the value, the huge value and the practical tips that she shared during our conversation. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and I hope you took away lots of actionable stuff that you can now implement for your own business when it comes to the content you're creating for members and to the content that you're putting out there free as part of your marketing. As I said towards the end of our conversation, there really is no excuse. And Amy's advice on just starting with one thing. Start with one thing that just changes the medium. It changes written text into audio. It changes video into written. Something that just switches things up as a starting point for repurposing and then Build on that once you've actually proven that this is something that your audience want and that it's something that's going to help you to expand your reach. So thanks again so much to Amy for all of the advice that she shared. I'd love to hear what the biggest takeaway was for you. Let me know inside our Facebook group. If you head to talkmemberships.com, then that's going to take you. It'll redirect you through to our Facebook group where we've got over 9,000 membership site owners. Or, of course, if you're on the Facebook app, just search for Membership Mastermind. You'll find that group. Let me know inside the group what your biggest takeaway from my conversation with Amy was and what you're going to be doing in order to start repurposing the content that you're creating in your membership business. That's it from me for this week. Thanks again to my fantastic guest. I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the MembersiteAcademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member only discounts perks and tools and a supportive active community to help you along the way with feedback encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start manage and grow as successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.